Have you ever come home from a long day just to find out that that meat you needed for your recipe has totally slipped your mind the last time you went to the grocery store? Well, with the help of ButcherBox, you might never have to deal with that problem ever again. With ButcherBox, you get the convenience of having high-quality meat and seafood delivered straight to your door. Not to mention the peace of mind you get to feel knowing that it's 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free. All humanely raised with no antibiotics or added hormones. Let ButcherBox help make your life even easier. No grocery store required. In addition to free shipping on every order, you get to curate your box plans, have access to member-exclusive deals, get recipe ideas and inspiration, as well as helpful tips. You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up for ButcherBox today by going to butcherbox.com morningcup and use the code morningcup at checkout and enjoy your choice of bone-in chicken thighs, top sirloins, or salmon in every box for an entire year. Plus, get $20 off. Again, that's butcherbox.com slash morningcup and use the code morningcup. Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. There were two more murders 15 miles well, away. Arrived, we found the telephone and electricity line here described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Good morning. Murder. The torture and murder of a child will undoubtedly send chills down your spine and chill your heart. On September 19, 1929, a woman was born who would later commit what is described as one of the most sadistic cases of abuse and murder that Indianapolis has ever seen. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Gertrude Van Fossen was born on September 19, 1929. She, at age 16, dropped out of high school to marry 18-year-old John Benazuski and bore him four children. The marriage lasted 10 years despite John's volatile temper and violence towards his wife. The two divorced, Gertrude remarried for just three months, and then remarried John and had two more children. They divorced a second time in 1963, and she had another child with a man who abandoned her, and she was left as a single mother with seven children, ranging from ages 17 to 1. Gertrude was described as a haggard, underweight, asthmatic chain smoker, and suffered from depression. During the summer of 1965, Gertrude's older daughters became friends with sisters Sylvia and Jenny Likens. The girl's parents were carnival workers who were constantly on the road. Shortly after his wife was arrested for shoplifting, Lester Likens arranged for his daughters to live with Gertrude and her family. Sometime after the 4th of July holiday, the girls moved in and their father promised to pay Gertrude $20 a week to keep his daughters and to come and collect them in November. It seemed like the perfect situation, but was anything but. Initially, everything went great. The girls enjoyed their new living situation and were rarely disciplined. This all changed, though, after Lester began to pay his weekly fee later and later, and finally stopping altogether. Gertrude took her anger out on both sisters, though Sylvia seemed to receive it the worst. 
What started out as beatings with various instruments like a paddle began to evolve into something much more sinister. Around mid-August, Gertrude had become increasingly more jealous of Sylvia and focused all her anger on the girl. In addition to the regular beatings, Gertrude began denying Sylvia sufficient food, forcing her to eat leftovers or spoiled food from the trash, and was once forced to eat a hot dog overloaded with condiments. When Sylvia vomited after eating it, Gertrude forced her to eat what she had just regurgitated. But it wasn't just Gertrude doing the dirty work. Sylvia once admitted to having a boyfriend and, upon hearing this, Gertrude's oldest daughter, Paula, who was three months pregnant and jealous of Sylvia's slender body, began kicking her in the genitals and accusing her of being pregnant. She once beat Sylvia so hard that she broke her own wrist and, once the cast was put on, proceeded to beat her with it as well. Stephanie Benazuski, after falsely accusing Sylvia of spreading a rumor about her, giggled while she watched her boyfriend, Coy Hubbard, beat Sylvia. Coy and several of his classmates would frequently visit the Benazuski home and would both watch and actually participate in the abuse. Gertrude would charge the neighborhood children five cents to come see Sylvia. They would use her as a practice dummy for judo lessons, lacerate her body, burn her with lit cigarettes over a hundred times, and severely injure her genitals. Sylvia was forced to strip naked in the family's living room and insert a Coke bottle into her vagina and masturbate while everyone watched. She was eventually pulled from school and the abuse became full-time. The sisters were terrified to notify anyone of what was happening in the home and the few times someone noticed an injury, they failed to do anything. The one time someone came to inquire about Sylvia's well-being, Gertrude stated that the girl had run away and she had no idea her whereabouts. On one occasion, after seeing their older sister at a park, they began to tell her what Gertrude and her family were doing to Sylvia, but the sister assumed that the girls were exaggerating. No one could or would believe the horror that was being inflicted on Sylvia Likens. Due to the increase in the frequency of torture, Sylvia became incontinent. Her frequent soiling of herself made Gertrude even angrier, and Sylvia was sent to live in the basement. She was often kept naked, rarely fed, frequently deprived of water, and often tied to the railing of the basement stairs with her feet barely touching the ground. She was forced into a scalding bath to cleanse her sins and had salt rubbed into her wounds, and once had the contents of a baby diaper forced into her mouth. Gertrude carved the words, I'm a prostitute and proud of it, onto her stomach with a heated needle and told the girl how no one would love her or marry her now that she was branded. That night, Sylvia confided in her sister, Jenny, I know you don't want me to die, but I'm going to die. I can tell it. The following day, Gertrude forced Sylvia to write a letter about how she ran away with a group of boys who she was having sexual relations with. This letter was intended to frame the neighborhood boys for the murder that Gertrude was now instructing her children to commit. On October 26th, Sylvia's body began to shut down. She was unable to speak intelligibly or move her limbs. After being stomped in the head one last time by Gertrude, Sylvia Likens, at just 16, took her last breath. Hours later, after believing she was faking it, Gertrude finally called the police. When they arrived, she stated that Sylvia had run away with a group of boys, as stated in her letter, and was returned in this horrible condition. 
Jenny Likens, after reciting the rehearsed series of events, whispered to one of the officers, you get me out of here and I'll tell you everything. And that's exactly what she did. Gertrude, Paula, Stephanie, and John Benazuski were all arrested along with boyfriend Coy Hubbard and Richard Hobbs. And while Gertrude claimed that the children committed all of the abuse and she was innocent, she was found guilty of first-degree murder after a 17-day trial. Paula was found guilty of second-degree murder, Coy and Richard and John of manslaughter. An autopsy of Sylvia's body revealed that she suffered in excess of 150 separate wounds, in addition to being completely emaciated. Her vaginal cavity was almost swollen shut, and it was proven that, despite the fact that Gertrude insisted otherwise, Sylvia was a virgin. Her official cause of death was the final blows to the head distributed by Gertrude's foot. Gertrude, despite being sentenced to life imprisonment, was paroled in 1985 after being a model prisoner for 14 years. After living in relative obscurity and never taking full responsibility for what happened to Sylvia, Gertrude Benazuski died of lung cancer on June 16, 1990. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on September 20th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime-obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again, and have a wonderful day. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.